You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You are now locked and loaded for daily fantasy glory. DFS Lineup Lock, sponsored by DailyRoto.com, begins now. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Lineup Lock Live right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We're presented by DailyRoto.com. It's Dane Martinez and the Tony Singata. Tony, we got a lot to get to as we close the book on week three and look ahead to week four. What did you think about that game last night? Did it play out like we thought? It did, except the uh, Arizona offensive line was the difference in that game. Uh, you look at it, there are guys all over that field wide open each and every time for Carson Palmer. Mm-hmm. Ezekiel Elliott ran it. I thought Dak Prescott played a little better game uh, than I anticipated, so you got to give Dak Prescott a little love there. Uh, but, I mean, it's interesting. Going into week four, I think Jared Goff's going to end up being – uh, if someone wants to go cheap, a sneaky play because Dallas' secondary is terrible. Yeah, they absolutely are. And uh, remember, I told you that I like Jerron Brown over J.J. Nelson a little bit. He did, in fact, get into the end zone. Tony, my, my, my new thesis, at the beginning of the season, I told you that I thought Carson Palmer and Eli Manning were both going to fall off a cliff. My new thesis is that these guys are going to be actually good for fantasy purposes, but not good for NFL purposes because their offensive lines are trash, and it's really playing out that they just can't run the ball so they're going to be putting the ball up 45 50 times a game and I think getting over 300 yards a lot of times yeah I talk about it all the time right opportunity 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 and when I went back and people were killing Carson Palmer I'm like these numbers are bad these numbers I think he was the 13th best quarterback this week so he's one quarterback away from being a starting quarterback yet I don't start him in any leagues and I don't even anticipate it but it just shows you when you get an opportunity you have a chance to put up those numbers he was 11 for 11 to start that game yeah yeah he did look very good at the beginning and listen they just had absolutely no kind of run game I mean the Dallas Dallas Cowboys were able to kind of manage it on Ezekiel Elliott and Des Bryant. Although, listen, I will say this. When he scored that touchdown, Patrick Peterson was not on him. It was zone coverage, and then he just kind of bulldozed about four defensers, but only two catches for Des, only one for Cole Beasley. What do you think about this Cowboys offense moving forward? You know, it's interesting to me because I think Des Bryant, and I listen to this morning show, the Roto Experts in the morning can listen to 6 to 9 a.m. Uh, in the morning, and I think those guys are way in over their heads when it comes to Des Bryant. He hasn't been a good wide receiver. He's good. He hasn't been the great Des Bryant for a couple of years now. He looks slow. He can't get separation. I really think they're in trouble. Like last night, oh, he had a decent game. He had a decent game. He had two catches two for 12 catches. yards. He's- yeah, he's lucky he got in the end zone. Bryce Butler's a better player at this point. Yeah, the touchdown definitely saved him. And as I made the point yesterday, I truly believe Dez is now a quadruple A wide receiver. You know, he's good but not great. We talked about that yesterday. Well, uh, today, Tony, what we're going to do is we are going to turn the page and we're going to look to week four. We're going to start off at the quarterback position here on Lineup Lock Live. But when we come back, Tony, before we get into that, we're going to have to talk about the uh, the news dump that these fantasy sites did over the weekend trying to slide it in under the radar and how it affects people like you and me that play DFS. We're talking about Lineup Lock Live presented by DailyRoto.com and, of course, simulcast for our partners on Dish TV Channel 266. It's Dane Martinez and Tony Sincata. Come on, right 
quarterback to receiver hookups, running back depth analysis, rookie values in dynasty leagues, deep sleepers, training camp battles. These are just a few of the in-depth features you will find inside the 2017 RotoExperts.com Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Plus, you get a full year of in-season coverage as a bonus. Get the Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package now at RotoExperts.com. Enter free radio at checkout for your special discount. Back to the lineup block live right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and of course, simulcast on Dish TV channel 266. It's Dane Martinez and Tony Sincata. We're closing the book on week three, and we're starting to look ahead to build some lineups for week four. The people are down about 60 bucks. We got to get back up on the horse, and we're going to do that in week four. But, uh, Tony, let's start with this because something that DFS players may have noticed moving into this week is that, uh, when they win contests, they're going to be taking home home a little bit less money. FanDuel and DraftKings have in fact increased their rake from 10% to 16%. So for the novice or for the new player out there, um, what that means, the rake is, you know, the house is making money. Listen, if there's a, you know, um, if the total prize pool, you know, is say $100, you know, you're only, the prize pool that's going out to people is only $90 because the, the, the website is taking some. That is the rake. And they have increased the percent of the rake. So there's less money out there for the winners. Tony, I got to ask you one, do you think it was kind of like a little Friday, uh, news dump? They tried to get it on past the players. And two, what do you see is the kind of impact of this moving forward in the DFS world? Yeah, I don't think it is actually because it's been happening already okay. and uh, nobody nobody said anything. What basically what was happening is a lot of the lower dollar contests uh, that were $5, $3 that had 70,000 people, mm-hmm. those rakes were up at 13, 14%. They weren't at 10%. Okay. And we started noticing more and more. It was the higher dollar tournaments that were still stuck at 10% and nothing else. And if you look at the article in the release, it, it basically hides that it's minimal. It's not every contest. It basically says, and then money saw increases in some large GPP contests to a rake of 16% in some cases. So it's not across the board. And I really think when you're looking at this is the head-to-heads, right, is going to be the same. For mm-hmm. example, head-to-head case, DraftKings and FanDuel, $10 entry, you get 18 bu- you get 18 bucks back. Um, so there's 20 in and they take that's two still bucks. The same, that's yeah. 10%. Yeah, so I really think this is overblown. And I'm going to tell you this thing too. I don't think it matters to 97% of the people that play. I think 97% of the people play, you know, like our, our, uh, our people's play, right? So they sure. played three weeks. They played 60 bucks. So basically what that's cost you is six bucks under the old – under the new, it costs you nine bucks. Mm-hmm. You think people are going to stop playing for that amount of money? No. What this affects, and where you see the bitching, and where you see the complaining, is the big is the boys. Professional pl- yeah, it's going to hurt them. I just looked at myself. I'm not playing as much baseball as I used to. So I'm playing around $1,400 a week. All right. So it cost me $140 in rake there. And now it's going to go up to $210 in rake. 
you know, that's a little bit of a difference right there. And what is it going to do for me? Is Tony Sinkai going to stop playing at DraftKings and FanDuel? The answer is no. And the reason because the prizes are so big there that I need to hit – I need to hit a big prize a couple times a year to make it worthwhile for me. Now, what it can do for Tony Sincata is that I go and I play my head-to-head games with no rake over at FantasyDraft.com, or I go play my head-to-head games at Yahoo or some of these other new sites, Draft.com, mm-hmm. that are out there, and split up my money so it's not all in the same place and concentrate on these large-dollar tournaments on DraftKings and FanDuel. That makes sense, Tony, and it's interesting that you say, you know, it looks like so this change may not affect, you know, the layman, the common man, the guy who's right. just dipping his toe in the water and just started week one of the NFL season. They're looking to tar- not necessarily target, but the way they're going to get this extra rake is really from the high contest or the high dollar amount. So let me ask you this, Tony. Are you going to. Okay, you're going to still continue to play on these DFS spots, but you talk about some of the habits that you might change. Would you ever, instead of saying enter, I don't know what the highest tournament you enter is, right? But let's say it's, uh, I don't know, $500. Instead of doing that, would you enter five $100 instead of the big ones? Are you going to try to find the threshold where that rake is not happening and sit right below it? Almost like trying to clear, you know, under uh, $600 for tax purposes and just fall right below the threshold? What do you think is the next step? Because the bad guys always stay one step ahead of the good guys, right? That's exactly what's going to happen. So basically what happens here is with them not doing this across the board where Mm -hmm. it says, you know, in some of the contests – Basically, all the guys that are in the know, all these professional players are going to know which tournaments they're going to target. So when you see five or six guys <laughs> that you see all the time winning big prizes and they're in a tournament, that means the rake's pretty good. And if you want to get in just based on the rake, that's there. But there's two things I want to point out here. One is that the NFBC, my FFPC, which are season-long rigs, they rake is 20 25%. Hmm. I asked the FanDuel owner three years ago in an interview, do you think that this is sustainable at 10%? Because I didn't believe it was then. No DFS site, zero DFS sites have ever made a profit. Nobody's made $1 of profit up to this point. So you can say all you want about the rakes and how you don't like it. They're in a business. They're trying to make money, and they haven't made a dollar yet. Wow, that's real interesting, Tony. But uh, listen, you know, the industry continues to evolve. And as we know, it is a billion dollar industry. So there is always going to be, you know, if they can get, you know, another percentage point on totals that high, you know, it does affect the bottom line. But it shouldn't necessarily impact, like you said, the, the, uh, the, the mid-level player even, you know, or right. the rookie and stuff like that. Certainly not our people's lineup, right, Tom? No, the other people signed up. So so far, like we said, it would be nine bucks that it would have cost you instead of six bucks. So one less trip to Starbucks, and you'll be okay there. Uh, I think going forward, and I think a lot of times when you look at the casual player, the guys that are playing one or two lineups a week, they don't really even understand the rake. All they say is, "Hey, I'm putting ten bucks in a contest, and I have a chance to watch fantasy football all day, and I could win ten thousand dollars." I don't think I'm going to win ten thousand um, dollars. It's just like buying a lottery ticket. It's fun, and uh, I get to watch the games, and I have a better odds than than win. A lot of, and that's how they look at it. So I think this is meaningless. I think the players, you know what? It's it's these professional players, right. and you know what? They bring in the most money. 
they should pay the most money. Fair enough. Oh, I think we should take that to the tax code, Tony, when we talk about uh, moving <laughs> forward. But that's another topic for another day. Although somehow politics and football have been intertwined recently. I'm not yes. sure about why. Let me and, and Tony, here's the thing. I'm not as as steeped in the DFS world as you. You know, I play about $25, $50, let's say, on a Sunday. But what I do do is I look at other kinds of sports gambling, and it's kind of the same. If you have, like, a pick'em line, both sides are minus 110. What do you think that extra 10 yeah. is? It's the rake. The house is making money regardless. Yeah. And so when you look at a bet that you think is supposed to be even on both sides, it's minus 110. You're paying that extra 10. That is the built-in. Ray, come on, you know they're going to have their finger in the pie in some way, shape, or form. I feel like it's kind of a an assumed part of it. You know, it's just the cost of doing business. But once you get into hundreds of lineups and big-time money, listen, I once said it, Tony. You know what I once said? I once said it was about, like, athletes deciding where to sign based on the state tax. Okay? Like, a regular person, you know, if I'm going to make, you know, say $60,000 over here but $70,000 over here, it doesn't really matter. But the difference in hundreds of millions of dollars, the difference of 8% or 9% in state tax, that starts to equate to be millions of dollars. So certain people have to actually consider that. And it looks like it is the high-end players that this is going to affect more. How do you like my analogies, Tony? I think it's pretty good. And I think it's very spot on because if he came on and uh – and Drew Dinkmeyer and Mike Leone at DailyRoto.com, it means a lot more to them because, you know, and this is one of the reasons too, and I, and I don't mean to single them out, but there are guys, and, and I could say the same thing about uh, a guy, Peter Jennings from FantasyLabs.com, a lot of the guys over at RotoGrinders.com, uh, Al, Al uh, Zeidenfeld who works for ESPN and he has his own site. That's why they have these other lines of work despite playing so well in Daily Fantasy sure. because they see – these things coming into fruition and they know the business in the business model doesn't work at its current scale they need to keep the input coming and more and more people need to keep playing and what happened was when all those commercials stopped and the government got involved the fees went up right. regulation came into play uh, people got worried because of all the negative press all that stuff halted the progress at the rate it was growing, and these people under current conditions cannot make a profit. And that's why you see the top players have other aspects to fall back on so they can sustain uh, while everything goes through the business of trying to figure out where it's going to be in the future. Absolutely, absolutely. That's very intriguing. And listen, if you need to know about not only how to play some DFS, but also things going on in the DFS industry, the Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the place to be with my man, the Tony Sincata. When we come back, though, we are going to turn our attention to the quarterbacks and their week four matchups. Do you need a high-end guy, a mid-price guy, or do you feel like shopping at the bargain basement? Well, regardless of your preference, we've got you covered. And we also got poll questions up on Twitter at the Tony Sincata at Spittin' Speeds is where to find us. We got poll questions for some of the options we're going to talk about. See what the people think as we look to give you our lineups and the people's lineup as well. It is Lineup Lock Live presented by DailyRoto.com right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Tane Martinez and Tony Sincata and whatever the bobblehead he has. We're going to find out what that's about and the quarterbacks as well when we come back. Stay back. Stay with us. 
Hey, I'm Melissa. And I'm Jill. And we're the interns. The Fancy Sports Radio Network and DKMS want to send you to Minnesota this February. All you have to do is play our big game trivia challenge sponsored by DKMS. Starting next week, answer four questions right, and you're heading to the big game. Tune in to find out when the contest will be running. So what are you waiting for? Play the big game trivia challenge sponsored by DKMS, only on the Fancy Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to Lineup Lock Live. We're presented by DailyRoto.com right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And, of course, simulcast on Dish TV Channel 266. Dane Martinez and Tony Sincata. And, Tony, what a figurine do you have wrapped up right there? Who do we got? This is something I don't think many people thought is even possible. This is Blake Snell, the Tampa Bay pitcher. Who would think that Blake Snell would be eligible to have a bobblehead doll? Was he in the majors or in AAA when it was his bobblehead doll night? It was his bobblehead doll last Saturday, and uh, my son noticed one thing, that the eye colors were wrong on uh, the, the bobblehead doll. It didn't match his eyes in real life. I hate dolls that are not anatomically correct. All the dolls in my closet are definitely anatomically correct. Trust me. I make sure every time I'm, uh, I'm alone and I need him. All right, so let's keep it moving, going to the quarterbacks of week four. Like I said, we have polls up. Our high-end quarterbacks that we want to discuss right now, Tom Brady at 8,000, Aaron Rodgers at 7,600, who will be in that Thursday night game, Tony, that we talked about a little bit on that Monday-Thursday slate. Russell Wilson at 7,300 and Drew Brees at 7,200 getting his boy Willie Sneed back as they go across the pond to take on the Dolphins in London bright and early, top of the morning to you. Let's get started with Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady, I believe, has nine touchdowns over his last two games, and he is at home. I believe they are at home for a a, a team. A non-conference team makes the trip. I hate non-conference road games for those teams. It's the Panthers this week. Uh, Tom Brady... Is he just too chalk, or do you roll him out there even though he might be high-owned, Tony? You know what's crazy is that I, I sat there last week watching that Houston Texans game, and I'm saying, you know what? It's just so simple. Why not just play this guy? Now, he's $8,000. He's 400 more than everybody else. That's not enough money. He's thrown the ball too many times. He's thrown the ball 35 times against Houston, 39 against New Orleans, 36 against Kansas City. They can't run the ball. Right. I'm going to go back to the well this time. Well, back to the well, to the well for the first time. And I'm going to use him. And I think the only guy worthy of consideration is another team that can't run the ball at all. Mm-hmm. And that's the New Orleans Saints and Drew Brees. I think these are the two guys that you got to look at. And I think a lot of times we overrate the matchup, and that's what we did with the Houston Texans last week. And that's why guys like me were not on Brady. But when I look at Drew Brees, I got to get on him this week. Okay, fair enough. We've talked about this idea of like the matchups versus common sense, right? And at some point, you got to just ride with common sense. I mean, Tom Brady is continuing to be on pace for records. He's throwing touchdowns at a ridiculous rate. But I want to ask you, listen, especially, Tony, when you said another team that can't run the ball, I thought you were talking about Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks there. And I know that they are 
at home where they're a much better team, and they are facing this Indianapolis Colts defense who, last week, the Browns were facing this defense, and the people's lineup wanted to put as many Browns as possible in there. This week, it's the Seahawks at home in a primetime game. Seattle coming off a loss. You told me about how this offensive line is such doo-doo. That could mean extra rushing yards for Russell Wilson. I kind of, I personally voted Russell Wilson on this because I wanted to save a little bit from the top. My question for you is this. I know his number one receiver, Doug Baldwin, is a little bit banged up, and we haven't really heard much about it. I know Wednesday is a big day where we hear some injury news. I'm a little concerned, though, that we haven't heard any news out of Seattle about Doug Baldwin, except a kind of like generic, they don't expect it to be serious. Does the presence of Doug Baldwin in this lineup or not impact your thinking on Russell Wilson here? Yeah, absolutely, and that's why I don't have Russell Wilson as one of those top plays, is that uh, based on what I heard this morning on the Roto Experts in the morning, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, we give great in- injury advice from Dr. A, yeah. and that's one of the things you get at the Roto Experts. They think it's a two- or three-week injury, and I think it could be out this week. Now, Doug Baldwin in the past has come back and played there, and Lockett and Richardson are decent wide receivers, but this offense has had enough problems as it is. Now to take a guy out like that, uh, that quality – I think it's asking too much. So when I compare it to Breeze and Brady, that takes him out of the equation for me. But I, I still like him. It's just I like the other two better. Fair enough, and I I agree with you. This is a very different, you know. I mean, to be honest, Doug Baldwin on the telecast last week they made the analogy that Doug Baldwin is sort of like the new Steve Smith Senior, you know, kind of a small guy who's so feisty yeah, yep. can get in and out, and I like that a lot. Let me ask you real quick a follow up, and I know we're going to talk wide receivers later on in the week, but Tony, in season long, okay, would you spend any waiver, any fab budget on guys like Richardson or Lockett, and if so, which one would yeah. you uh, which one would you prioritize? Richardson or a locket? All right, so I have both these players on a lot of my teams right now, and I play in 12 team leagues, all right? Both mm-hmm. these players are already rostered on my teams. Lockett is the guy that I think can get you the big fantasy weeks, and he's more of a best ball tournament. Richardson is going to stay on the field of more plays. I think he's going to be continuing threat, but he's 160 pounds. He finds a way always to get hurt. So I think there's, there's problems with both these guys, but I would go Richardson. Over Lockett, but if you're looking at a one-week situation, like someone's hurt this week or something, right. I think Lockett's the matchup this week because he's going to come out of the slot, and they're not going to—they don't have an answer for that. So Lockett this week, Paul Richardson going forward for the rest of the season. Fair enough, Tony. You got to remember, we got to put those guys in our polls on. I believe it'll be Thursday when we're talking about the wide receiver position, especially if the news on Doug Baldwin does in fact look like Doctor Ray says, and this is a multi-week injury. Only seven. 17% support for Aaron Rodgers, Tony. And I know, you know, we talked about this Thursday night game. Uh, my concern with Aaron Rodgers is this. It's not about the, the weapons on the outside. And we even saw that Randall Cobb is back practicing. It looks like he'll be good to go on Thursday. But, Tony, he's going to be, again, it looks like, without some guys on the offensive line, the ta- bookend tackles on both sides. I'm a little concerned about uh, Rodgers. I mean, the Bengals got a lot of pressure on them last week. You think the Bears can push the pocket as well? On Thursday? 
Yeah, I think they absolutely will. I think it's great news for Aaron Rodgers, though, that Randall Cobb comes back as right. well. Uh, he came back the first two weeks of the season. He looked like Randall Cobb back in 2015. And we all, in season-long leagues, he went in the eighth and ninth round in some drafts. Like, we had given up on Randall Cobb. I think that actually is going to hurt the value of Devontae Adams this week. I think it's going to make the quarterback there. I mean, I am a little concerned about the situation involving that offensive line. When you have two two starting tackles out, we've seen last night the game dominated by a Dallas defensive line that wasn't great. Picking on one tackle mm-hmm. on that off- Arizona offensive line. Can you imagine two? I think it's a big problem, and that's why Aaron Rodgers is great. I mean, the second half, the guy came out, and he was ready to play, and he figured out a way to do it, and he always seems to do it. But we're talking about elite quarterbacks. He's got the odds stacked against him the most, and, and that's why I have him third or fourth this week. Fair enough. And right now, the people agree with us, Tony. 45% taking Tom Brady at 8,000. We got a tie in second place, 19% each for Russell Wilson and Drew Brees at 73 and 7,200, respectively. And then bringing up the rear in this poll at 17% is Aaron Rodgers. I also, Tony, I want to tell the people about a couple of quarterbacks at this price point that we may be avoiding, Tony. So let me give Give you who the guy I'm avoiding first, and then I want to hear yours. I am avoiding Derek Carr this week, okay? And let me tell you why. One, they are at Denver, and we know about this no-fly zone, the Denver secondary. Also, I remember the game last year. The way the Oakland Raiders tried to beat the Denver Broncos, they had six offensive linemen out there, unbalanced line. I think this is going to be heavy beast mode kind of game. I think they're going to run the ball a lot. And also, listen, Crabtree left Sunday Night Football with a chest injury. I told you about the drop issues that Amari Cooper has been having, and that reared its ugly head again on Sunday night. I think instead they try to play a little smash mouth with the Denver Broncos. So for those reasons, I'm staying away from Derek Carr, even though he is the fourth highest priced quarterback, at least on FanDuel, at 7,900. Who are you staying away from, Tom? I'm going to stay with Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan had three interceptions in the last game. Julio Jones is dealing with a back injury. Yeah. Uh, they're going more and more, it seems like, to Devonta Freeman becoming part of this offense. Remember, they did have a change in offensive coordinators. Then everybody can shake it off saying, oh, Matt Ryan, he's great and this and that. It, ta- it, it causes a little bit of dissension when you have a new player and you're learning on the fly, especially when you don't play in the preseason. And this Buffalo defense, they've allowed – they're the fourth best at allowing points to quarterbacks through the early season. And I don't think the defense is as bad as we anticipated in Buffalo. And I think they're going to give Matt Ryan everything they can handle this week. And I think he's not going to have as many throws as Tom Brady. He's not going to have as many throws as Drew Brees. And he's certainly not going to have as many throws as Aaron Rodgers. So in attempts, he's going to come in fourth. Uh, last week, he had 35 attempts in a shootout against Detroit. Against Green Bay, only 28 attempts. Against Chicago, only 30 attempts. Those other guys are going to be 35 to 40. Fair enough. As we say, Tony, DFS is a game of opportunity in baseball. That's why you like the top of the lineup. They get more at-bats in uh, football. It's guys that have guaranteed touches and volume throwers at the quarterback position. you got to look at that attempts category and think about how the teams are going to try to win their game. But regardless of the opportunity, one opportunity you guys have is go on over to DailyRoto.com or RotoExperts.com slash DK. 
DKMS. As we here at the Fantasy Sports Network partner with DKMS to help fight blood cancer. We are running a free DFS contest every week's week 1 through 16 of the NFL season. If you win one of those, you get entered along with the other 15 winners into a DFS contest for week 17. And this is great because in season-long fantasy football, you're usually done by week 16. So this will give you something to do in week 17. And if you win that, you get two tickets to Super Bowl 52 up in Minnesota in early February. But the real... real benefit is you learn a little bit more about how you can fight blood cancer and one of the ways you could do it with DKMS is you could register to be a blood donor, a bone marrow donor and really help save the life of someone who is struggling with this disease. Tony, uh, how much of a rake will there be if we go on over and play these DKMS tournaments? These are absolutely free, and you can't even put a dollar figure on the benefit you were doing if you could help somebody else in life. You know, if some people, all your life, you want to reach a goal, and you, you strive for that goal, and sometimes you don't come through. Imagine the ability to help somebody else out, and you can forget about every time you try to be Miss America or Mr. America. This will make up for it. Absolutely, absolutely. It's the little things in life, the finer things in life, and, uh, you know, fantasy sports and DKMS support partnering to help fight blood cancer when we come back we're going to look at some of the mid-level quarterbacks see if we can find any volume throwers in the bunch to put in our week four lineups dane martinez tony sincata lineup lock live Hello, friends. If you want to win at Fantasy Sports, wouldn't you listen to people who have already won at Fantasy Sports? I'm here to tell you about DailyRoto.com. Don't be intimidated by the Draft Kings and FanDuel Sharks, even the Fantasy Draft Sharks. The guys at DailyRoto.com have not only won a million dollars amongst one of the writers, but they've created three others. That's four people who have won millionaire contests from this content alone. Don't be fooled by screenshots talking about $25,000 winners from other places. Go to DailyRoto.com where they have a proven track record of creating millionaires. DailyRoto.com. Tell Greg Sussman say you. Lord Tariq and Peter Guns uptown, baby, as we come back on Lineup Lock Live. It's Dane Martinez and Tony Sincata right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hey, Tony, let's go to uh, some of these mid-level quarterbacks here, at least on the price guide. Okay, if you want to, if you don't want to spend all that money at the quarterback position, you want to invest in running backs or wide receivers, we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the week. But we got some quarterbacks that we think could return some value, and they are Marcus Mariota at 6,400, Phillip Rivers at 62, Matthew Matthew Stafford at 6,000 and Carson Wentz at 6,600. Let's start with my and your, like, our new man crush. And that's Matthew Stafford, who we think is playing at an MVP level, Tony. 29% of the people agree. He's at 6,000, but he's going up against a Vikings defense, and he's on the road. I believe the Lions are a different team on the road against tough competition. So that might be the argument against it. The arg- And, you know, these cornerbacks out there, Xavier Rhodes, you know, um, you know, Terrence Newman, but Detroit is one of those offenses now, especially with no more Calvin Johnson, where Stafford is just going wherever the ball dictates. So that could be Eric Ebron. That could be Amir Abdullah or Theo Riddick. That could be the third wideout, Kenny Galladay. Does the strength of the Minnesota defense scare you as it relates to Matthew Stafford, Tony? No, and it's crazy because they are very good, this Minnesota defense, right? Especially at uh, home. But they... 
Yeah, but they've allowed points this year to quarterbacks. They, they're you know in the bottom five in the league at allowing points. Now, a lot of that has to do with them getting up in games and them teams just keep throwing and throwing and throwing. You look at Matthew Stafford, and I talk about opportunities. In two out of the three games, he's played – he's threw the ball at least 40 times. So you look at it, the New Orleans Saints played him, right? They threw the ball – uh, in this game, Drew Brees threw it all over him. You look at the Pittsburgh Steelers in this game against the Vikings and Big Ben, Roethlis- ben Roethlisberger, right? They went and they threw the ball against this Minnesota team. I think Matthew Stafford's going to throw the ball 40 times. I'm not going to play him this week, but I think he can still play him. I don't think he can sleep on him. And I'll tell you the truth. I think his price is too low. Uh, Roethlisberger went 23 for 35, 243, two touchdowns. I think that's the minimum for Matt Stafford this week. Yeah, and also one thing Matt Stafford might do that Ben Roethlisberger certainly will not do is to get you some production with his legs as well. Stafford, you know, um, elusive in the pocket, still looking to throw, but I wouldn't be surprised if he gets you 20 or 30 rushing yards as well, and every point counts in DFS. Let me ask you a little bit about Carson Wentz at 6,600, especially with the loss of Darren Sproles. We don't know how they're necessarily going to play. I know Wendell Smallwood is one of the biggest waiver wire ads. Might they look to pound it a little bit more with LeGarrette Blunt? My question for you is this. I think this is a bad spot for the Eagles, man. I talked to you about non-conference road games all the way cross-country travel. And one thing I want to see if this makes sense to you, if it holds water for you, Tony. I have been so high with the Eagles so far with the connection with Zach Ertz. But I look at what these Chargers did against the tight end last week, holding Travis Kelsey to one catch for one yard. If for some reason Ertz is not able to get that production and Darren Sproles is not there and, you know, they could put Hayward on Jeffrey, does that limit the potential of Wentz in this passing game? All right, so Zach Ertz is going up against a defense that's the fifth best against tight ends in the league. So they're they're the fifth best thus far, but they're 24th against wide receivers. Mm. So I look at it like this, and the other thing I look at is uh, much like the situation with Matt Stafford, I talked about liking Carson Wentz coming into the season because last year as a rookie, they let him throw the sixth most in the the National Football League. Now he's got 39 passes in game one, uh, 46, sorry, 46 in game two, and 31. I mean, you're paying 6,600, you get 40 throws a game. Uh, He hasn't been great. He only had two touchdown passes, two touchdown passes, and one touchdown pass. That game against Kansas City, he's only put up 54% of his passes he only completed. So he hasn't been great. But because of the numbers of the amount of throws, he has a 23, a 28, and then a clunker against the Giants with 13. But if you look at that 23 and 28, that was uh, four, t- four and a half times his salary. Uh, the second game was four times his salary. I mean, that's numbers we want. Right. Those, that's the return on investment, that 4X that we're looking for if you want to finish in the cash. Let me ask you real quick about Marcus Mariota, Tony, at 6,400. Listen, um, he's going up against Houston, and Brady shredded the Texans' defense last week. I know it's a different situation, obviously, but you uh, have confidence that Mariota can also be effective against the same defense? I want to. I, I really want to, but he has not played well to start the season. Now, you could say he played Seattle and Jacksonville, so two good defenses right there. And he had the other game against Oakland, who we saw Kirk Cousins shred, right? And he completed 61% against Oakland in that first game of the year. 
They haven't done enough. I think this offense is still trying to find its identity with the wide receivers. We finally saw Rashad Matthews put together a good game there. Uh, we don't know who the running back is week to week. And now uh, we've got an injury with Henry in the backfield. I like them because I don't think Houston defensive backs are good, but their front seven will get to the quarterback. Marcus Mariota can throw. It can certainly run around, and he's going to get rushing yards right. in this game. He has 27 rushing yards against Seattle. He had 24 against Jacksonville, 26 against Oakland. I think he gets a little more against Houston because they're going to make him outside the pocket. So I think he's worthy, but again, not a guy I'm going to play. All right, fair enough. Let's drop down even a little cheaper. We got another poll up with guys like Cam Newton, Jared Goff, Deshaun Watson, and Andy Dalton. Right now, this you know the recency bias continues, Tony. 44% of the people are liking Deshaun Watson at 5,100. I would take two of these guys over Deshaun Watson, and that is Jared Goff at 5,600. I believe this is now becoming one of those offenses, Tony, where the sum is greater than the parts, and you never know yep. which wide receiver is going to pop off. But you take the aggregate, and in this case, that is Jared Goff. You just said that there were wide receivers running wide open against these Cowboys last night. And I think the same will be said for Sammy Watkins, Cooper Cup, and Robert Woods, and even Todd Gurley. I like Jared Goff at 5,600. Here's the thing. I Goff, you got to look at the wide receiver. Sammy Watkins is in concussion protocol. So he's expected to be ready, and he's got to be ready. Here's the one thing I don't like about Goff, because I, I have him as the number one guy out of these guys. As good as he's looked, he only had 19 fantasy points the first week. He had 12 the second week, and then 23.5. Here's the other thing that I hate. Only 28 passes the third week. 24 the second week, 29. I was just rattling off guys that I like. 35, 35 and fuck. Yeah, so that's the only problem with Todd Gurley if they commit to the run. But if they look at the game plan, the game plan should be to attack that secondary. I think I'm willing to risk on a couple lineups, Jared Goff, and I think he really can excel. He has five touchdown passes despite those limited throws. He has a great quarterback rating of 118. I'm going to take a shot there. But there's two things that I just outlined right there that make me put up a red flag whether I can't go all in there. Fair enough, fair enough. I said I like two of these guys better than Deshaun Watson. Jared Goff is one. The other one, quite frankly, is Andy Dalton. Remember, I told you at the end of this very show last week, he was my surprise guy because I believed in maybe the change to the new offensive coordinator, the laser. And you saw a lot of what I was predicting in that game last week. I said two many things would happen. One, A.J. Green would become a target monster and he did in fact key in on AJ Green and the other thing was the unveiling of sorts of Joe Mixon but they're hitting up Joe Mixon a lot in swing passes and screens and things like that and they are facing the Cleveland Browns this week I think Andy Dalton is trending up and at 5800 could return something on my investment what do you think Tone? This is a tough one because Andy Dalton, the first two weeks of the season, threw 31 and 35 times, right? Then they fired the offensive coordinator. They bring Joe Mixon in, and he played a lot more. Andy Dalton, in that game against Green Bay, only threw 27 times. Right. And they got a weak secondary. So I'm a little concerned that Lazer might be trying to keep the games close, running the ball, and not let Andy Dalton. And we have no way of knowing. It's only been one game. So the sample size has me worried. But down at this range at 58, I get two touchdowns. I get uh, last week he threw for 212. 224 is the most he threw for. I mean, he only threw for 212. It seemed like a great day because we saw A.J. Green go for 111. But at the end of the day, 
He only had 212 yards passing. Fair enough, fair enough. And then the last person bringing up the rear in this poll, and I don't really know. I mean, I, I would stay far, far away from Cam Newton. I was saying last week, if not now, then when for Cam against the New Orleans Saints, for God's sakes? He threw not one, not two, but three picks. He will not have his security blanket in Greg Olson. Looks like Kelvin Benjamin is also banged up. Yeah. And it looks like Cam is banged up, if you want to know the truth also. I think Cam, yep. whether it be the shoulder, the ankle, you know, they're trying to get him in this new offense where he's going to get the ball out a little quicker to try and protect him. But he had no kind of practice reps, no kind of preseason game action. I think this is going to be a while before the Panthers figure it out. I'm staying far, far away from Cam. Tell me, why do you think the 8% of these people are riding with him? Is it just a matchup? I think it's just a matchup. Ian. They're going against <laughs> Cam Newton two weeks in a row has faced the worst secondary and allowing points to quarterbacks. Last week was the Saints, and then New England passed them last week right. after they had Deshaun Watson ate them up. And you got to so figure Cam can do something similar to Deshaun Watson. Maybe some of the running comes back, but they're trying to protect them. I don't know. Yeah, and he got picked off three times by the Saints. Three times. No touchdown passes. Three interceptions. And then you take his two best weapons out. Now, we did see Christian McCaffrey play yeah. a little more in Over those games. Over Yeah, and I think he's going to be a key in this game. But I don't see how you can use Cam Newton. I mean, he's 5,900. It's got to be enticing. Week one, he started out at 7,100. He's worked his way down to 5,900. That's how poor he's played. Fair enough. And, hey, Tony, our guy Sean McCormick is responding. He's going for Deshaun Watson, recency bias, and Trevor Simeon. He says that screen passes blew up the Raiders last week, so he likes Simeon and Demarius. When we come back on Lineup Lock Live, we'll react to that. And I'll also let you know why Sean and everybody else may be able to be a little bit more expressive on Twitter. I know a guy like Vicky Tony Sincata is going to like that. When we come back, it is Lineup Lock Live, presented by DailyRoto.com, right? here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez and Tony Sincata. We wrap it up after this quarterbacks for week four. Come on right back. DFS lineup block sponsored by DailyRoto.com. Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. Does the presence of Doug Baldwin in this lineup or not impact your thinking on Russell Wilson here? Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I don't have Russell Wilson as one of those top plays. I think it could be out this week. Now, Doug Baldwin in the past has come back and played there. When I compare him to Breeze and Brady, that takes him out of the equation for me. But I still like him. It's just I like the other two better. Weekdays, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern, only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. FNTSY.com slash radio. We're living La Vida Loca right here on Lineup Lock Live. It's Dane Martinez and Tony Sincata. We're presented by DailyRoto.com and right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Of course, simulcast on Dish TV Channel 266. Tony, I told you I got a guy. What if I told you that I had a guy, a quarterback here for Week 4, that on FanDuel is cheaper than Cam Newton, is cheaper than Jared Goff, is cheaper than Andy Dalton, and fits the narrative you've been talking about all show a guy that has no running game is going to throw the ball 40 plus times and this guy even has absolute stud on one of his sides and if i told you he's also a two-time super bowl mvp what would you think 
Uh, Joe Flacco or Ben Roethlis? I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, you got that cheap. That's hard no, to pass up on. No, no. Eli Manning. Eli? Eli Manning. He's got no run game. We know the offensive line is trash, right? But some of these other quarterbacks with no offensive line, Eli Manning is going to throw the ball 40 times at Tampa Bay. You saw what Case Keenum did against Tampa Bay last week. He's got Odell Beckham. All he's got to do is hit five-yard slant routes and the rest. Shepard and Beckham take care of. He's going to throw the ball 40 times, Tony. They lost their best defensive lineman in the game last McCoy week. Uh, he down. should be out. This, yeah, McCoy uh, will be out in this game. So I actually, it's not a bad play. And to be honest, he almost made the poll, and I just couldn't put him in there. I thought there was uh, opportunities there. You look at that game. They were shut down for three quarters, and then all of a sudden Eli Manning put it together. It tells you how much better they are uh, when you see Odell Beckham Jr. get involved. Yeah, I think so. And to be honest, Tony, I'm serious with this one. I might put Eli Manning in some of my lines. I think the Giants offense got better in the second half of the fourth quarter. Why? Because they stopped trying to run the ball. They just put Eli in the shotgun and said, find Odell, find Shep, find Shane Vereen out of the backfield. You mentioned McCoy gone as well. I really think at a cheap price, you're going to get someone who's going to throw the ball a ton. He wound up with something like 370 yards passing last week, Tom. Yeah, yeah, they they can't run the ball at all. It doesn't matter who they throw in there. Uh, Orleans Dockwell wants the ball. Uh, I think uh, you might get a uh, little Evan get Ingram over the shot. middle. They're trying to you develop. You might get a Mod Brad Shaw to come back and try to take a shot there. Uh, yeah, this is a lost cause here. He's going to throw the ball. It's just that offensive line. That's the running theme with all these these offenses, right? That we have questions about the offensive line play in the NFL is very very poor. Yeah, it absolutely is. So you got to try to figure out where can you identify opportunities that you can take advantage of what you know will continue to be a bad offensive line. The point you made about McCoy being out in the middle of that line is also interesting. Hey, Tony, before we went to break, I told you about how uh, McCormick and everybody else on Twitter might have a little bit more uh, ability to be a little bit more effusive. I don't know if you saw this, Tony, but Twitter is looking to extend it from 140 characters to 280 characters. They're doubling it up, Tony. I don't know if this is a good thing. Thing. What are you, yay or nay, on more Twitter characters? I think it's uh, I think it's a negative. I mean, that's the thing with Twitter, right? You want to be concise, right? Yeah, you got to get to it, get to the point. And this is all because the president of the United States needs something to talk about. He probably has to, you know, say Rocket Man a few more times. And I think it's kind of crazy. Yep, it is our commander in tweets setting the tone. Absolutely. We'll see what happens as we move on. But listen, Tony, tomorrow here on Lineup Lock Live, we are going to be talking about the running back position. And listen, if you wanted to save some money with some of your volume throws, we're going to tell you, listen, will Le'Veon Bell get back? Back up on the horse or not? Are people like Todd Gurley, people that you could run out there and expect production in the passing game? What about some of these rookies? I mean, is this the week that Kareem Hunt comes back to earth? Is this the week Dalvin Cook is no longer a three-down back? We're going to answer all of those questions and more when we come back tomorrow on Lineup Lock Live. It's Dane Martinez and Tony Sincata right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. See you guys tomorrow.